Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we are continuing our 2022 NWSL season team-by-team previews. Today, we're going to be taking a deep dive into Racing Louisville FC. But first, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all breaking news at Attacking Third. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating and review. It really takes a second and it helps us out so, so much. So whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify right now on the Attacking Third page, go ahead and hit us with the five stars. I'm ready to talk about racing Louisville FC. How are you doing today, Lisa? I am good, Sandra. You know, I'm having a pretty good day, like in my personal life. So that's fun. Had a really good breakfast. You know, the sun is shining. It's a little bit warmer here. Uh, this week in Philadelphia. So I like that. It just makes me a little bit happier. Um, yeah, you know, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, Sandra. How are you? I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. You know, as of our recording this right now, I gotta say the same, same thing. Like when you get after you go through the snow and you get like a 40 degree day, it's you're like, oh my god, it's so good. So that's kind of the vibe that I've got uh that I've got over here uh, as well. Everything is uh kind of feeling a little less cold. So in that, I think it's impacting everything else in my spirits around uh, everything else, but I'm still missing NWSL action. I'm not going to front. Like, yeah, we're, we're in so preseason. And we're so, we're in preseason, but that's the thing. It's like, we're so close yet. Yeah, we're still like so mm-hmm. far, you know what I mean? So, but part of what's helping us sort of, uh, I guess, kill the time and, you know, make this time go a little bit faster is the fact that we are uh, taking the opportunity to dive in and go through some previews with these uh, teams. And today we're going to be talking about racing Louisville FC. Let's maybe go over a little bit of a team overview, take a look at their off season a little bit in terms of uh, how they navigated that. Uh, Racing Louisville was one of many teams heading into the offseason after the 2021 season that needed to fill a head coaching uh, position. They operated uh, really that main second half of their season with an interim coach, right, with Mario Sanchez, uh, and then at the conclusion, uh, and even closer to the conclusion, really not at the conclusion of the 21 season, they, there was already mentions that there was not going to be a transition from the interim head coach to an actual head coaching position that, uh, you know, an ongoing search would actually uh, be taking place. For, yeah. Uh, well, well, Mario right. Sanchez, he r- runs the youth program. Um, he's, he's like, hey, I got a job. Yeah, right? he's, you know, like, he wasn't <laughs> looking for this role. He just graciously stepped in at the end yeah. of the 2021 season. Yeah. Hey, 
it's a it's a it's a good it's a good energy to have. Most most people are maybe trying to see like if they could get their their hat in the ring. That was not the case here, uh, but it was kind of cool the way uh, this this announcement kind of came to life a little bit in terms of uh, the new head coach for Racing Louisville. There was a little bit of an introduction video. They had some players uh, putting their uh, you know their faces on it. Uh, if I recall correctly, you know it was Jim Bonner, Bonner at one point and and Nadia Nadim, Shannon Matthew. So they were uh, all together introducing uh their their new head coach and in december of 2021 uh they announced uh uefa women's champions league experienced coach and kim bjorkagren so excuse me if i didn't get that one correct but it was really cool to sort of maybe see the the enthusiasm right mm -hmm. that players had around you know someone finally uh being named to this head coach uh position um so I think right away, uh, there's going to be some work there to try to fin uh, improve on what Racing Louisville did last year. Because when we're looking at last year and their uh, Racing Louisville's finish in 2021, out of 10 teams, they ended up uh, number nine overall. So we're talking second to last on, on the NWSL table, a uh, 5-7-12 and 12 record. And after taking a little bit of a look at their uh, season overall, we did do uh, an episode back in December about our way too early power rankings. And we did give them a low ranking in light of 12 clubs now being introduced to the side. So even then, without all the information that we now have uh, in front of us, we did give them a, a ranking of number 11, I believe, if memory serves me uh, correctly. Yes, 11. It was kind of based on the changes that have happened and, and how they looked in the 2021 season, a new coach coming in. There's so many factors that go into play with this. And I honestly, having a new coach isn't even that big of a factor because it feels like so many of these teams have new coaches for 2022, but it's a young team and we'll get into the roster for racing global, but there's a lot of young players. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when we're looking at, uh, taking a look at the additions that came into play versus the losses, right? Uh, we've been doing that a lot on our previews, and we're going to break that down here. In terms of actual breakout roster signings for Racing Louisville, you said it, Lisa, there's a lot of new faces in the folder. We're talking about five draft picks, right, that they've got a lot of enthusiasm about, uh, probably starting with the that number two overall draft pick in the 2022 NWSL draft with Jalen Howell from uh, FSU, also having an additional pick in that first round uh, draft pick and, and snatching up a player in the midfield like Savannah DeMello out of uh, USC. Uh Charm Morgan, Jordan Bloomer, uh, Jenna Menta, Sydney Cummins. And then this this is just like navigating the draft class, right, during this offseason. But then another really big signing uh, came through for this club. And they engaged in a trade with North Carolina Courage. And they uh, went ahead and received Jessica McDonald. So trying to bulk up uh, their, their front line there a little bit with uh, some more uh, you know, NWSL experienced forwards uh, with their on their team here. So, in terms of the losses, when we're looking at the most detrimental or perhaps biggest losses for uh, Racing Louisville within these trades, within within a double expansion year, they ended up uh, trading away Savannah McCaskill uh, to Angel City, uh, Yuki Nagasato back to the Chicago Red Stars. Uh, they lost Michelle Betos. Uh, they waived her and uh, within this early during their inaugural season, engaging in a trade 
uh, with Angel City uh, for ultimately the rights uh, to Kristen Press, which they uh, had obtained through their own expansion draft. Right. So when we're looking at the additions for this for this squad moving into 2022 versus some of the losses that they had. It's I think for me, when we're level trying to level this out or trying to strike the balance, if there's more pros or cons versus one or the other, mm-hmm. I'm not too sure if perhaps the additions are going to outweigh the the losses. And, and we're looking at this, especially considering racing Louisville's position in that they entered the league last year as one of the new expansion sides themselves. Right. So this is a, a new year where they're going to have a second year in the league. But when we're looking at those breakout roster signings, it's a ton of new faces. The new faces don't help with the lack of experience on this type of squad. I mean, even last year throughout 2021, it was the three heavy hitter veterans for racing Louisville in Michelle Betos in goal, Savannah McCaskill in the midfield and Yuki Nagasato as the forward um, as their three veterans that, Sanchez said that he leaned on a lot. The players looked up to, they truly led the team. All three of those players are now gone. Um, And and I think when you look at that, losing McCaskill in the midfield, Nagasato up top and Betos in goal, which is your entire veteran leadership. That's a very big loss. That is very, very huge on many different levels, not just skill on the pitch and scoring goals and being able to organize teams and, and play that type of role, but in the locker room, in training, setting the tone, being um, those players that the younger ones and the rookies can turn to and say, oh, this is how we do it. This is how we pick ourselves up after a loss. This is how we rally around players during injury. This is how we kind of conduct ourselves as professionals. So looking at the draft picks that they got, I mean, even Jalen Howell, like that's a huge grab for racing Louisville, even Savannah DeMello in the, in, in the midfield, both of those players are really, really huge grabs. Now, how much of an impact can they make in their very first season uh, playing alongside other rookies or even second year players in the midfield, it does hurt them as rookies because you can't learn as much from a, a two year player as you could from a five year player or a six year veteran in the NWSL. Um, so a lot of growth to come from this team, uh, having Jess McDonald from North Carolina in the front line, she'll hopefully help spur things along. She's a very big veteran leader that can rally the players in the locker room uh, for games and even in games score some goals for them. But the biggest loss is midfielder Savannah McCaskill going to Angel City. She was the conductor of the middle uh, of the field for racing Louisville last year. The entire offense ran through her. The entire defense ran through McCaskill. She did everything. She had assists. She had goals. She was helping the younger players. She poured her heart and soul out into this team last year. Um, so a- as great as Jess McDonald is going to be for this club, the loss of McCaskill, Yuki Nagasato, and Michelle Betos is greater than the gains of all of these draft picks. I would agree that, uh, you know, Savannah McCaskill is probably the biggest loss uh, in this one. Uh, you know, these are, and maybe adjacent to that, something somebody like Yuki Nagasato, I'm sure people will disagree with that. But you have to, again, I'm just thinking back to how this team was built for their mm-hmm. very first year ever in 2021. And this is a team formerly head by uh, head coach uh, Christy Holly, who was eventually 
terminated for cause, right, mid-season of 2021 and uh, was given the responsibility of building this team that, you know, ultimately we didn't really see, uh, you know, moments where this was a team that was going to take that next step, right, which is is, is not an uncommon trend. It's not something that is unfamiliar. We've seen historically that expansion sides, when they get into that first year, have struggled, right? You know, to sort of gain their footing in the league. So when I'm looking at the biggest losses, I have to agree with you that somebody like a McCaskill is a, is has to be considered in that thread. Even if maybe people think that the uh, that the return on on making a trade for someone like her wasn't uh, you know up, up to par, but this is a player along with Nagasato that. This franchise engaged in a trade with the head of their expansion draft specifically. They targeted these players specifically to bring them to Racing Louisville to help try to facilitate and build an attack with them involved. And now they are no longer part of that process, as short as that window was. Um, part of and that, that, that part may of that, also come with having a new coach, right? And having yeah. a new system and a Thank new you. formation. Yeah. Yes. I was just going to say a, a huge part of that is going to say, you know, is because they are going to be stepping in to the season with new personnel, even on the administrative side of things. And that also is a, there's a little bit of, of weight in, in the fact that somebody like Nagasato has, is newly engaged and is requesting to, you know, maybe go back to her former home market. You know, these are things that they considered and that came out in the, in the releases as well. But McCaskill to Angel City, you know, after not just now they're looking at the, their losses, it's not just McCaskill at this point. It's, you know, it's Kristen Press. You know, there's there's multiple, they could say that there's now multiple players uh, that were under the umbrella of racing Louisville at one point that are no longer there, that are now with with Angel City. So uh, there's, there's again, we're trying to find the, the balance and you're looking at if maybe something cancels out the other, but I'm not necessarily seeing that here in terms of the, the acquisitions versus the losses. Now, Looking at this roster overall, when we're looking at this preseason roster, a lot of those new additions are sprinkled within it, right? A ton of draft picks. Okay, so let's just go through this position by position. We love going through the preseason rosters. 27 players reported for Racing Louisville, 17 currently under contract for goalkeepers. They're running with four at the moment. Hillary Beal, Jordan Bloomer, Gabby Kozelos, Katie Lund, defenders with eight Gemma Bonner, Sydney Cummings, Emily Fox, Neely Martin, Charmaine Morgan, Addison Merrick, Aaron Simon, Emily Smith. For the midfield course, seven total. Savannah DeMello, Jalen Howell, Taylor Malham, Lauren Millay, Freya Olfson, Taylor Otto, and Sadie Sider Eckenberg. And for forwards, they've got, uh, they had nine. They had Kristen Davis, Emma Ekich, Parker Goings, CeCe Kaiser. Uh, they did name Shayna Matthews to the roster initially. Jessica McDonald, Jenna Menta, Nadia Nadim, and Ebony Salmon. Now, some updates even within that, right? I'm using past tense. Shayna Williams recently announcing that she and her husband are expecting a baby, baby number three for them. And then Nadia Nadim is someone who recently announced uh, that it's official. She is now Dr. Nadim, a delightful interview that we had with her back on Attacking Third. We got to chat about that a little bit. So this is another player that's not yet technically rostered within the preseason as well. But 
again, running through that, running through a lot of those names, it's like you're like college draft pick, college draft pick, yeah. college draft pick, college draft pick, non non roster invitee, non roster invitee. You know, non. It's like it's on and on and on. So ton ton of new faces for this franchise. It's almost as if there's a little bit of a reset button that's being yeah. hit here, as if this season, 2022, is actually going to be a season in which young players come in and they try to build something up with this franchise. And I think that's what they could have. I mean, in, in hearing what new head coach Kim Burkadren is saying about this squad in just the early days of preseason on, he's doing a lot of media for racing Louisville. He's really excited to kind of mold these young minds and these young soccer players. And I think that's really like uh, his bread and butter is getting these younger players, getting these non-professionals, really these, these first year rookies in the league to kind of mold them into the type of players and have the type of team that he wants. Um, and, and he's a coach that has been with UEFA Women's Champions League. He's been in European title winner. He he knows a lot about different styles of the game. So that could be really beneficial. And, and frankly, as a college player that didn't get drafted and you're looking to go to open tryouts, I would go to Racing Louisville because they're a young team. They have a lot of open holes. You know that they're looking to do that. So maybe that's why there's also a lot of non-roster invitees listed here. But, I mean, you mentioned the two asterisks next to two of the forwards already and Shana Matthews, who is expecting a baby, and Nadia Nadim, who is a doctor and also uh, recovering from her ACL injury that happened in the second half of the 2021 season. So their nine forwards already whittled down to seven, but so many young players, a lot of draft picks, a lot of non-roster invites, um, but there's still a lot of talent surrounding these young players that does allow for a young prospect. We've been highlighting them in every team preview that we're doing, Sandra, and it's, there's plenty to pick from. Oh my gosh. Yeah. uh, You know, it's, we're listing them off, even in just the, the biggest signing or biggest acquisitions. Right. But when we're breaking it down in terms of the young prospect, right, the top prospect that we're going to be keeping an eye on, I, there's a ton to choose from here, but I think you cannot, you know, ignore the fact that they had the number two selection overall. And when Jalen Howell was still available on that board, they went with the midfielder out of FSU. Jalen Howell is going to be our young prospect that we are going to be keeping an eye on uh, someone who's been spending some time in U.S. national team camps uh, throughout uh, the off season. Uh, recently was not named uh, to the uh, She Believes Cup roster, but hey, that just means that there's going to be more time for her with this club in preseason, quite frankly. And Jalen Howell was a college player in the draft that could have gone number one. It was between her and Naomi Gurma. Uh, really going back and forth in San Diego, having the first overall pick, they went the defensive route with Naomi Gurma, which allowed for Racing Louisville to pick up Jalen Howell, which is such a huge grab. She's a defensive midfielder. She'll sit in that sixth position. I, I know that we've been trying to do starting 11s, and it's really hard because this yeah. is a lot of young players, but I see Jalen Howell starting for this club. I think that she yeah. will. I mean, she's such a young prospect, but she's – played a lot of different time at FSU. She had a great career there. She's done a lot with the national team already. She was called into the January camp in 2021. 
called in again in 2022. She's making waves at the national team level, at the senior national team level. And I think it's just a matter of time. Um, and also because racing level is just a young team overall, yep. she if you need young players to start, you're going to look to your number two overall draft pick. And she's got a vulnerable position in the defensive midfield. So that could allow for some changes to happen there. But frankly, no, I see Jalen Howell as a starter for Racing Louisville and someone that will just immensely grow her game. And mind you, Racing Louisville also has Emily Fox on their team. She was nominated for rookie of the year a finalist for rookie of year last year she's on the u.s women's national team she's an, a defender as well she played with racing Louisville last year i hope that those two are already fostering a relationship in these early days of preseason because that will be really beneficial for both parties yeah i mean i'm in agreement with you like i mean i'm even looking back at this this preseason roster that we just rattled off and it's like yes jalen hall but there's just so many opportunities and there's so many young prospects here that you can really slot into this this highlight section you know for for anyone i mean i'm even looking at somebody like a savannah de Mello to maybe continue yeah. you know building alongside of of Howell as well so it's just uh there's there's a lot here, but I'm enthusiastic about it. I think there's a level of, you know, there's almost a, a breath of fresh air, right? There's a level of like, listen, the expectations are a little bit different um, on a young club versus maybe a different club with a different culture of, uh, you know, standard of, of winning or, com or competition. It's all it really does feel like this is just sort of the beginnings of things. Right. Versus like uh, having to, to start all over mm -hmm. in terms of this roster, though, where are they going to get that experience from? Right. There's that other angle of that there's the other angle of like who's the veteran who's who's going to be that player perhaps that that uh these uh these young players look to uh you know both on off and off the pitch you know there's a there's a level of learning that takes place yes like on on the pitch but there's other things with, with that that come into play when you're learning to be a professional right so so who's that going to be and they did make a trade for somebody like a jessica mcdonald right but yeah. this is going to be her first season uh, with this club specifically. So she is somebody that they can go to, you know, for, for advice or, or, you know, for, for leadership by example, in terms of navigating the world as a professional. But I think in terms of an essential like experienced player for racing Louisville specifically, they probably will be leaning on somebody like Joan, Gemma Bonner. This is someone who was part of this team during their inaugural season still has the memories, right? Those they're, they're, they're still fresh, those fresh memories of having to go through a real grind of a season in 2021. And she's also someone that has similar experiences to McDonald in that, uh, you know, being in uh, playing at an international level, right? As alongside being someone who is a reliable player for clubs. So I absolutely think when it comes to that essential experience player that racing Louisville is going to need to lean into or lean on, it's going to be a uh, Gemma Bonner for 2022. It needs to be defender Gemma Bonner. Uh, the English international has so much experience and she was there last year. I mean, Jess McDonald can only do so much as it's, she's been in the league since it's, first season in 2013 and she's been with an expansion side technically in North Carolina. She started uh, when, when North Carolina started in the NWSL back in 2017, but this is a second year for racing Louisville. They didn't have the best season last year. Jess McDonald is also at a different point in her career than she was in 2017 and that changes things. So I, it needs to be Gemma Bonner, especially 
as a defender, she can help lead and organize in the back line. Uh, she has so much experience. It's if she can find that relationship with all these young draft picks, though, right? Like it, sometimes it's a little bit harder to relate to someone that is 10 years older than you, Bonner, being a 30 year old veteran in this league. Um but she needs to be able to make those connections and do that. So yeah, they're they're going to be leaning on a young player in Jalen Howe and also Gemma Bonner to step up and kind of grab this team by the reins and, and see who can take control of it. In terms of an international spotlight for this team, uh, you know, we mentioned in, in prior previews that this this season is going to be full of all different types of World Cup qualifier events that all teams in some capacity could potentially be impacted by that. So maybe we could still see somebody like Bonner, right, in, in this role as well, um, you know, potentially having to deal with, uh, you know, absences from from the, the team for international duty. Uh, but we're also going to be keeping an eye on Emily Fox, right? Another one of these players, these, these young players for this roster, going into her second season as a professional, uh, earned a Rookie of the Year nomination uh, for NWSL. So she was somebody that I know a lot of racing Louisville fans were keeping their eye on and were excited about uh, to help build around this type of player, you know, at her outside back position. And similar to Howell is a player who has been getting more looks mm -hmm. at the United States women's national team senior level at that outside back position. So there is a potential that we will see Emily Fox, right, in this sort of international spotlight moving forward in a 2022 season that will have international windows and will have um, varying World Cup qualifying events, uh, which, you know, Missing pe missing pieces from this roster throughout the season on top of having a lot of new faces that are going to try to establish chemistry as best they can. The combination of those two things is probably what's going to lead us to our biggest burning question, right, for this team ahead of the 2022 season. And it's just simply, can this team improve on last year? This is a team, again, ninth place at the time, second to last place in the league. Can they improve on a standing this year? Now with 12 teams in place, will they find themselves lower than they were last year? Or will they find themselves in a way to, you know, go ahead and break through, you know, and shock the league, quite frankly? There's a lot that could potentially be holding Racing Louisville down in terms of the bottom of the standings, in terms of their ability to play this year. Uh, going up now against 11 teams in the NWSL, adding two expansion clubs that have a lot of depth, a lot of experience, a lot of, of power in the front office. Um, and also they just, they're so young and, and I know we've harped on that throughout this preview, but they really are, they don't know what it's like. And the negativity may actually help racing local in those moments when they're going up against big players, against big powerhouse teams in, in Portland Thorns that is traditionally top of the league standings against a Washington spirit that won the league last year, they could have players that are just going out there to have fun and play soccer. So it's improving upon last year is the biggest question. Now, I don't necessarily think they're going to jump 10 places in the standings and, and finish at a top two spot, but improving upon last year means every single game getting better, whether it's staying consistent on the ball, scoring more goals than they did last year. I think that's something that they could really improve on. Uh, maybe 
conceding less goals than they did last year, keeping the goal margins tighter throughout matches, staying in games longer. There's so many different nuances that Racing Louisville can white, write on their whiteboard and say, this is our goal for this week, for this month, for this year and this season. Um, and, and overall, it's just, can they improve day by day, score a little bit more, get these young players experience, um, and who knows, maybe at the end of 22, we'll be really pleased with uh, what Racing Lobel has done. But <laughs> can they improve? We'll see. That's the biggest uh, burning question for us uh, ahead of the 2022 season, which honestly maybe makes our projected finish for 2022 a little bit difficult in that aspect. If that is also our burning question. Hit me with a range, Lisa. Is there is there a are you putting an actual number on it or we're looking more at, at a range for a projected finish for for this team? It's so hard to put a, a specific number on it because I want these young players to come in and just like wrecking ball. Yeah, and right. <laughs> I want to be proved wrong every single time we do these predictions when yeah. when I have to do this. But a range, I mean, out of playoff contention. And even the bottom of that playoff contention, if the top six teams make the postseason in the NWSL. I see racing Louisville maybe between like an eight and 11, eight, eight and 12 being the bottom, the bottom portion, the bottom fifth of this table. That's where I see them. If they get to eight, eight spot, that's a big improvement upon last year. That's a huge improvement upon last year being second to last. It's a a step up. It would be a step up, right? It's a huge step up. I mean, in that sense, they're jumping four spots all the way up to eighth place. Um, So I'll give it like eight to 12. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's, that's unfair. Right. You know, I mean, I think, I think that's, that'll be the biggest thing, right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be looking for in terms of a projected finish, like even if it is somewhere in this bottom half range, I'm going to be looking for, you know, strong individual performances, right. There's a lot of new faces on this team. We've been talking about it the whole time. So that means that there's going to be real opportunity here. Right. And when there's opportunity, you're going to be looking for those strong individual performances. So that's what I'm going to be looking for, for sure, when it comes to this team in 2022. I hope everyone else is going to keep an eye on Racing Louisville as well, just to see if the kids can play. I want to thank everybody for listening to Racing our Racing Louisville 2022 preview. Again, we've got full team by team previews for all 12 clubs in the NWSL that are coming up. So stay tuned. You can drop us your thoughts about Racing louisville on twitter at attacking third or in the comments if you subscribe on youtube at youtube.com slash attacking third don't go anywhere we have an exclusive interview with midfielder laura malay from racing louisville right after this quick break hey everyone this is jimmy conrad your favorite former u.s men's national team player and the host of the call it what you want podcast and i'm here to tell you that viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language it's inspired from the coastal california lifestyle just like me its products stand the test of time just like me, and also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiori gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. 
Again, go to viore.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome back to Attacking Third. We are so pleased to have player interviews to go alongside our team-by-team previews. And for now, we have a special interview segment with Laura Millet, midfielder for Racing Louisville FC. Lauren, it's your first time on Attacking Third, so welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Excited. Yeah, we're uh, we're hyped to chat a little bit with you about all things racing Louisville, right? Lots of new faces in there, so we're like, we gotta talk to some. We gotta talk to somebody who's been there, you know, and like, <laughs> and get and get and get the intel. So let let's jump let's jump right in. You've officially like everyone's officially reported to to preseason. We're going on a couple weeks here. You've you've laced up the boots with the rest of the squad. How 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 are the early days with the team been? It's been great, actually. It's There's been really great vibes all around camp. And honestly, I'm so excited to be back. I think, you know, sometimes it does get a little long at the end of uh, your off season. So I think everybody was really excited to like jump back into everything. But yeah, the energy has been honestly so great. And it's really nice to have a fresh start with Kim. So it's been great. You mentioned the off season, maybe getting a little bit long towards the end of it. Uh, but hopefully you got some time to relax in the yeah. off season, step away. Did you do anything fun during the off season? Um, I did actually, I got engaged. I'm really, oh, congrats. very excited. We, we set it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like well, a little home run. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Oh, I, it was really great. We were in Moab and, you know, got to spend time with my family and went to LA for a little bit, but yeah, it was really great. It was, you know, it's always nice to get that time with your family. Cause it does get at times you can't go back and see them. So it was really nice to be with my sisters and my fiance and my, my fam. Oh, I love fiance. That. I have to ask, how did it happen? Right. Yeah, like walk us in the, the ring, tell us about the engagement. Yeah, it was, it was honestly, um, pretty funny, but like my whole family there and we went to Dead Horse State Point, which is like up in the mount, like kind of in the mountains, raised up high. Um, and he was like, Hey, I want to take a photo with you. And I was like, Okay, whatever. So, and we had just gotten done like bike riding. So, mind you, I looked terrible and it was so cold. And I'm like in my hat, like so bundled up. And he's like, My dad takes the photo and like everybody's staring at us. And I'm like, Wow, this is kind of weird. And he just like turned, like I turned around and he was like getting down on one knee. And I oh. literally, water works. It's so awesome. It was like so beautiful too. And my grandma was there. So it was, it was like, could not have been more perfect. It was awesome. It was I really love cool. that. I love that for you. Thank you for sharing that uh, with us and, and congratulations. Uh, you know, in, in terms of, you know, having, being able to have that, that those moments, right. With your family in, in the off season, uh, you're maybe sort of on standby, right. Knowing that you're preparing or trying to prepare on your own for something like a preseason. And then, the the team announces hey we're gonna have a new head coach and this is this is who it is so with the arrival of uh Kim Bjorkergren you know how's uh how's the team adjusting right to to having a new coach uh in in the preseason here yeah I actually think it's been quite smooth I think you know the front office did a great job in in preparing us for all of this that has come but yeah I think it's been I think everybody's just excited and it's a different energy 
Um, you know, I thought we ended the season pretty well with Mario. Um, and then coming in now we have, you know, I think it's just an upward trajectory and I think that's what we're trying to continue on. Um, but yeah, it's been great vibes. Kim's really awesome. He makes me look like I'm actually a foot tall. He is huge. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm literally like staring straight up at this guy, but, uh, yeah, he's a really great, great, great guy. Uh, very family oriented, which is exactly what racing is about. So yeah, it's been great, honestly. It's good to have that type of coach that is family oriented and wants the team to be like a family um, because it does make you feel like you are at home. But in terms of being on the pitch and and at training with him, have you gotten a a sense of his coaching style? I mean, you had two different coaches last year throughout one season and now um, having some time with Kim. Is there a certain vibe you're picking up on on him and, and his coaching style? Yeah, I think he's mentioned it quite a bit that um, we were a bit defensive minded and maybe passive um, in some of our games last year. And I think he really wants to commit numbers forward and be more attacking minded and get more numbers in the box, because I think at times last year we were more counterattack oriented. Right. So it was like less numbers going forward. And I think this year it's more a focus on getting more numbers in the box, more numbers into the attack, just so we can keep it higher up the pitch. Um, so yeah, I think that's been really great, like a pressing mentality, which I'm all about, um, high energy. So I think that that fits really well in with the squad we have, especially us being so young. You know, um, we were so excited to chat with you because we were like, we got to do a preview on racing Louisville. And it's like, they have, you know, approximately one season under, you know, their belt, right. For, for when it comes to NWSL, uh, experience, but it's essential, right. I think when it comes to this league, like for, for you as someone who was with, racing last year in 2021 when you look back to like perhaps like that preseason getting started getting you know the first uh, touches in to compare it now with like the start of this preseason in, in 2022 what are maybe some biggest differences between this time last year versus this year I think there's just more of an emphasis on like us enjoying where we're at and like enjoying the football and I think like you know, at times last year, I think, and I think over the, you know, over the season, everybody kind of has that. It it becomes a bit of a slog at times. Right. And I think like, that's hard to get over that long of a season. Um, but I think he's just really focused on like us enjoying the process and us really enjoying where we're at in preseason now. And like, just getting back to like our roots of like loving the game, you know? Having Kim is a huge adjustment and, and a huge advancement for the club, but there's also a lot of other additions coming in. So many draft picks, um, a lot of rookies in with you in this preseason. I mean, it, the big ones in the first round of the draft pick, midfielder Jalen Howe and Savannah DeMello. As you're training with these young players that are rookies, they've not played a professional season yet. Um, what stands out to you about these rookies and maybe in your own game reflective of of playing with first-year players? Yeah, I think there's always an adjustment period coming in. Um, They've all done really well, um, but I think it's just the speed of play and, like, moving the ball quicker. Um, But they've honestly kind of fit in pretty seamlessly, and they're really fun to play with, so it's been really interesting. But, yeah, it's it's interesting for me because – being 25 in my fourth year in the league, like I'm one of the veteran players on our team, which is like a completely different um, perspective than I've had in the past. Right. So I think like, especially joining the courage as a rookie with all of it was just much older. So I think it's just a very interesting swap for me that I'm like now in a completely different place than what I was even just last year in terms of leadership responsibility. 
Yeah, I love that. You know, because in terms of looking at this roster, right, I think that's something that people are going to look at immediately. They're like, wow, look at all these college draft picks or the, you know, the non-roster invitees, right? But there's other, there, there were other additions that were made into into the roster, like whether it's for, in terms of experienced players, veteran players of the league and someone like a Jessica McDonald, right, you know, coming into into the mix. So for you as a, as a midfielder, you know, but even as someone who's entering, you know, the fourth fifth season in, in the league, what are you hoping to learn? Maybe from someone of that caliber type of player who does have that long history of longevity uh, in the league. Yeah. I mean, I'm pumped to have, I loved playing with Jess and I think she brings so much just in terms of like veteran leadership. And honestly, like I, I love listening to like, uh, like her and Gemma and people that have been around the block, been in the league a long time, just in terms of like life lessons, how to deal with stuff yeah. outside. Soccer, right like she has so much wealth like a wealth of knowledge of like how to overcome adversity how to you know and I think those are something some things for me that I'm really like I want to nail that stuff down because I think for me it's like the mental piece and obviously there's a lot of soccer stuff too like they're great players so I think but I think the mental piece for me is where I really want to you know continue to talk to them say hey how'd you deal with this or like hey how'd you go, go forward in this right so I think having that on our side is it speaks for itself <laughs> Being able to grow your game on the mental side and, and the communication side by leaning on those veterans, that's so huge. Um, you mentioned it earlier that that coach is looking to be a little bit more offensive minded, a little bit more in that attacking presence for you as a midfielder. Uh, when you think of that and try to switch your mindset to be a little bit more attacking minded, uh, take a little bit more risks in the final third of the field. What are some areas of your game that you're hoping to develop this season in terms of attacking? Yeah, I think playing through the lines, um, getting on the half turn, um, just like playing quickly as I'm turning to like play forward. Um, and I think taking more shots, I think that's something we talked about too, is like, we just have, we're not taking enough shots. Right. So last year our percentage was super low. So it's just like taking risks in general. Like if you're in a, a good area and you have an open window, like take a shot, you know, I think that those are some things that we can continue as a whole to grow on. You know, ahead of the the preseason, ahead of getting into the mix with with everyone and working on things that that you need to grow on, um, there was uh, the announcement of a newly ratified CBA, and something that we've been trying to do here on Attacking Third is is take the opportunity to to celebrate that, right? Because it's a big historic achievement, and it's something that that should be uh, celebrated. And uh, we just wanted to maybe you know get your thoughts on you know the fact that this was something that finally got done, you know, in time ahead of preseason and, uh, perhaps, uh, maybe, uh, what are your uh, perspectives of uh, something like that finally coming into play and, and being in place for, for players moving forward? Yeah. I mean, I think it starts with like, you know, Jess's that all of them that have come before us, right. Like the multiple lead, like, you know, I'm so appreciative of what they have done so that I've had better. And I think it's the same thing across the board for all of us. We want to make sure that we're leaving this league in a better place than when we found it. And I think like, you know, Addie Merrick has been incredible for us as a player rep. Um, you know, all of the people that have been on the calls, like I commend them because it has obviously has been so much work. Um, but I think we're all so supportive of it because we know how important it is to move this kind of stuff across the line because women's sports are growing and it's so important for us to have that security in place. You know, someone who's, uh, you know, like you mentioned, has, has had a, a few years in this league under your belt. 
uh, already, you know, looking at some of those those points that came out with the CBA is like the Players Association was putting everything out there it was very, very exciting in, in, the, in the evening before. But we can almost sort of see like that there's a ton of stuff within uh, those bullet points, right, that uh, clearly, uh, you know, connect with players direct experiences right within the league. Is, is there anything in in particular in terms of some of the wins that came out of these bullet points that resonated with you on a, on a personal level? Honestly, all like I mean, so, right? like, all of it. You're just kind of like it's literally so much of that stuff is incredible. Like even just like the maternity leave when people get cut that they get, you know, or they get waived, they get severance. Like there's so much stuff in there that I'm like so grateful for. It's just like there's so much more security as an athlete, and like you know, I mean, I got we have families, right? So I think it's yeah. just like there's so much more to that. Like yes, we're athletes, but we also have like things outside of that right so yeah. I think so much of it has just been like honestly a weight I'm sure everyone I don't know I can't speak for everyone but I, I would think that people have felt a little bit of a weight come off their shoulders of like wow I can breathe a little bit more you know yeah for sure you mentioned all of the young players in the league and hopefully you can pass a little bit of knowledge down as being like almost the, the middleman because you are a veteran in your fourth year but there are older players and, and more veteran players in use for example, Jess McDonald, but there are so many rookies. Um, when you look at all of these younger players that are coming into racing Louisville, what's one piece of advice that your four-year veteran self would give to these first-year players? Um, I would say like, you got to have the quickest, like you got to forget stuff really fast. So like a very <laughs> shaky memory, because I yeah. think stuff comes at you so hard and so fast that like, if you're dwelling on things, like some negative things, like it just bogs you down. Um, so for me, it's been like, how quick can I forget a mistake or how quick can I move on from certain things? Cause like, if I dwell too long, like I bring it home with me and camp camps, my fiance, he's like, what, <laughs> like, can you talk about anything else, but soccer <laughs> fine. Um, but yeah, I think stuff like that, like even just finding stuff outside of soccer that brings you joy, like walking, I have two dogs taking dogs on a walk. So just like kind of compartmentalizing and like moving on, like on the pitch and off the pitch is for me, was like the, the biggest thing. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you know, when we've been, um, chatting with players, uh, for our other, some of our other previews that have, have gone out already, there's been the, a little bit of a, of a thread in terms of, uh, talking about getting back into things, things like, oh, we're getting back into routine, establishing rhythm, right? That's like the common thread that that comes up. So something that we've yeah. been doing to sort of close out uh, the interviews, we like to have a little bit of fun, you know, sometimes at the end um, is we've been talking, it's a little bit of a two-parter. So for uh, everyone who's been joining us, we've been asking like, A, are you a coffee drinker? And B, if so, uh, or, if, or something else, is there something that's part of your, you know, pre or post training, you know, game day, whatever, go-to beverage that you just need to hit up immediately. Okay. So this is different for me because I drink tea in the mornings. Like I'm very big on tea, which is like English breakfast with like a little bit of milk. And I'm like very, I don't drink coffee in the morning, like at all. But then mm -hmm. when I get in training, I have to have like a vanilla latte with oat milk, half sweet, half sweet, I'm half sweet. I love that. I love that. There's like a guys. This is probably the most like routine, like rhythm routine. Yes, type this of is the most like decisive. Like I have yes. to have this. It's English <laughs> breakfast tea with a little bit of milk, like, and yes. then the half sweetness uh, latte. I no, love that. I, I love that. So I many love other people are like wishy washy with their drinks, and you are very to the point. I like it. You yeah. know what you want. Oh, 
we literally, we live like two blocks from a coffee shop and I have to like hide my money from myself <laughs> so that I don't spend <laughs> on coffee. I'm like, where's my money? <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love, so tea. So I like that. We, we're going with tea and we're going with coffee. That's a delight. I, I love to hear that. I'm always a big fan. I'm like, when someone hits us with the, actually, I don't really like coffee. I am. I appreciate it so much. I, I love, yeah, I'm a big fan of tea myself. So I'm always like, yes, I love, I love when that energy comes onto the podcast, but this was a delightful. Thank you so much for joining us. We always like to thank our uh, listeners for, for joining along with us as well. So thanks everybody for uh, tagging along with our racing Louisville preview. Thank you again, Lauren, for joining us. Good luck in the 2022 season everybody you can follow us on twitter at attacking third we're on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher anywhere you listen to your podcast shows you can leave us a five-star review on spotify and apple Podcasts. we're also available as video subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third and we'll be back with more ahead of the 2022 nwl season for sandra Herrera, lisa roman and lauren Millet. this was attacking third okay picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.